0: Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve.
1: Well, Brendan, over to you. Thanks.
2: Um, Was there a team?
3: Emotional
2: sobriety. Oh. all right okay all right okay uh, listen good morning i'm going to sex all that yeah and um i just called out of bed to be with you people yeah like sort of you know this, this this morning i went to bed a couple of hours ago and um you know and uh i got a phone call uh by from who's it rang me again pharaoh yeah i think uh at a, at a, at a good hour this morning uh, to remind me of this, because I have I suffer from terrible ADHD, and uh, oh man, and and my life is unmanageable. Like my life is unmanageable, totally and completely unmanageable by me. Uh, it doesn't fit into the norm of what people would like lives to be in terms of, you know, um, <laughs> actually. A sponsor of mine eventually gave up on me because I couldn't have a sort of a regular sort of pattern of, you know, what he called sleep hygiene. You know, I was kind of um, – I just – basically, I'm all over the place. Uh, I'm all over the place. I was – by the way, if, if it doesn't seem to make any sense to you why I'm talking about this, please stick with me. It probably won't. But whether it does or it doesn't, like sort of – I'll give you 20 minutes of entertainment – I've got, you know, ah, man, I just life is impossible. It's impossible. I do not live the way society would like me to live. Never have, never could. I, I saw Akira there. Akira. I, I lived in Japan at one and That was where I had just got into SAA when I got to Japan. And I used to go to meetings in Tokyo. I'd go there. I'd often be the only person there. Um, and, and I'd sit down with the book for an hour and it'd sort of, you know, and, uh, um, and, and just to be there. And actually there was a big fellowship of SA, Japanese fellowship of SA that was meeting the hour after me. But, um, uh, you know, we didn't have, we did, there wasn't any, any link between us. Um, and I had, I had just sort of got into, when I got to Japan, I had just got into SA, um, but I, I, I lived in, in a, a building. I lived on the fourth floor. I worked on the second floor. I could get up at six o'clock in the morning, but I couldn't get to the office before five past nine. It was just impossible. You know, it was impossible. It, it's just, I have these inability to conform to the practical mores or lines or whatever the people have, you know, in this or this in. I have some inability to do these things um as a matter of fact somebody i heard somebody saying that one time that keeping other people waiting is a way of playing god Uh, and i it's like i i I don't want to be three minutes early because i have to make up for all this time that i've wasted in the past so i'm constantly so late (laughs) (laughs) because I'm constantly packing, trying to pack more stuff in. And the reason why I don't go to bed till four o'clock or in the morning is because I'm packing stuff in. I'm doing stuff, I'm packing stuff. Sometimes I'm just packing in another movie, you know, because I have to give myself some kind of reward for the day. Um, that might be the third movie. But, like, I'm, it's, I have this sort of this need for something external to give me this feeling like that I'm sort of actually complete. And um, so if I don't seem like the person who could talk about any kind of sobriety, especially emotional sobriety, here you go, uh, my life is unmanageable by me. Now, I happen to have a higher power who I believe is responsible for me being the way I am. And I've got a choice. I can actually say he got it wrong or get used to being who you are and you know you can you can work towards being the best Brendan you can be huh or you can spend your life constantly saying frustrated because you're not something other than you are Back early on in life, I wanted everybody to accept me the way I am. The truth I found out is that I need to accept me as I am. And that's been really, really, really important. Now, at one stage, the behavior that I wanted people to accept was behavior which I no longer consider to be acceptable behavior towards other people that transformation from being the person who wanted people to accept me as I am to me accepting me as I am and liking me as I am is the basis of my emotional sobriety because previously you know when I say I've got ADHD I mean (laughs) I'm kind of an extremist in what I do and so I've got an extreme version of ADHD which means that I have a sponsor. Another program. I'm supposed to ring him at a quarter to eleven in the evening, and you know, do this thing. I, I've been working with him for a number of months now, and I probably managed to do that on time. About, well, I wouldn't say a quarter of the time. Many days, I completely forget. If I put an alarm on, and I put the alarm on five minutes before I'm supposed to ring him, I will hear that alarm. I may pay attention to it I may just switch it off I may remember what it's for if I do remember what it's for I'd say okay I got to ring him in 5 minutes that's a hell of a long time because within 5 minutes I can easily attach to some other issue and then a few hours later remember oh I was going to make a phone call so I have this 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 situation which is not really not really a great sort of criteria for the sort of things that I've been trying to do for many years, like to be a researcher Um, and, 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 you know, to to do things where you've got to continuously do something in a kind of disciplined way over a long period of time. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. You know, I went back to do this, 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 this long-term course at university, which involved a lot of research over a long period of time and, you know, to write something. And um, I remember the day my brother picked me up and brought me down from Dublin to Galway. And he, when we got there about three hours later, he said, you know, you spent the whole way down here telling me how you can't do this. Uh, and that was my life. I can't do this because I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a complete failure. I'm a failure. I, you know, I got kicked out of every school I was in. Well, no, I did. They didn't get me out of infants, but they did kick me out of, at eleven. I was got rid of by the Jesuits, you know. And these are the guys who were supposed to go to war, you know. I mean, like, I just couldn't seem to fit in. I was just, I was annoying. My God, I'm annoying. I was annoying, and I was annoying just because, man, I could not sit still. I couldn't put up. I couldn't be in a place. I couldn't be in a place. And you know, and and relationships and whatever. And so, I was a person who never got what they intended to do get done. You know, I've been in 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 um, Malaysia years ago, and I and I was no, oh, what am I talking? About? I was in Malaysia as well, but no, I was in Indonesia, and, and I was I was going to get up and I was going to go out to this famous um, ruins that
0: were
2: there, and I was just, oh wonderful. I was really want to do it. Because the night before I got blind drunk, woke up with the singer, and like sort of you know. Completely not going on the trip at all. It was just you know it was just it was chaos. And then I was looking at this earlier on, and I was looking at this, and I was thinking, yeah, Bozo's on the bus, and the bus I was thinking of was the Magical Mystery Tour, you know, which used to head off. They used to have this 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 magic bus that would go from Amsterdam across Asia, you know, and and you know all this sort of hippie sort of thing, whatever. And when I went on that bus, well, I didn't actually go on the bus. I, you know, I, it, that was too slow. I flew to Thailand and then headed off from there. But, you know, when I, when I went, I went, I, I was really, I went there at that time and, you know, one of the first days I got there, I was on a, another bus and I was sitting beside um, a, a, a basically a, a sex tourist. I didn't know what it was at that time, but he was going along and he was talking about, he was going over to this place, this something beach and and you know the girls were all going to be there and they're all queued up and it's all really cheap and it's this that, and the other and basically he's just gone out there for sex and I'm thinking this is terrible this is horrendous you know and then like at some stage some people took me to a, to to a brothel and I said like, man like I, you know they said we're going to a party which under a brothel and I said well, what am I doing here like I'm out of here yeah? and it wasn't because I didn't want the sex but I couldn't I couldn't imagine couldn't imagine like sort of going and and sex and being there and sort of this thing it just seemed it, uh, horrific to me. And when I ended up, the only place I wanted to go for sex was was, was to abroad, yeah, years later. And, and so my boss was like sort of this, this boss that that, that I, I went off looking to be involved in life and I ended up in chaos and in 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 in, in things. And I suppose I, I got distracted from where I was. I thought I was going with life. You know, I was going off to be in these things. I wanted to be, I wanted to work in human rights. I wanted to do all sorts of things like this whatever. and whatever. You know, and, and I ended up, you know, just just a really broken, freaked out person out know, of this. And and there I am in Japan. And I've got um you know I've got about eight years sobriety in AA and uh I think it was about five years when I when I first got there and you know um and I'm going through this thing and I am um, – Sorry, sorry. I, as a matter of fact, when I think back on it, I wasn't that so. I wasn't that long sober. I might have been a year or so sober when I first got there. I'm trying to stay sober. I'm doing these sort of things. I'm going, and I get to about three years of right, and I'm walking past a, um, a you know that old toy store sort of thing, uh, they, and I sort of see this mannequin dressed and whatever, and my head starts to go off into a um, into fantasy um you know sexual fantasy and and i'm gone like within a block i'm like sort of completely like sort of in 3d it's all flashing in my head and it's saying to me and i stopped myself and my and said to myself in my mind if you were there acting out in this way at this particular point in time what would you do uh if they said you had to have a drink or a drug to carry on i said i'd, I'd obviously i'd take it and i realized i have serious problems with alcohol and drugs and i was now sober there i thought like if i don't get sober if i don't get sober in this area of my life it's going to kill me will kill me there's no question about it even if it doesn't kill me physically it will kill me spiritually i'll be gone again and so so there i've got powerlessness there and i've got powerlessness in in ordering my life i can't you know i just can't seem to fit into these things even even sober i can't fit in these things and i got to a point where i had um I I I was staying sober in the program. I was running workshops. I was doing all sorts of things, but I was suffering terribly emotionally um, because my relationship wasn't working out. I I thought I get into this program and I do the steps and I really do them well, and out there in Japan, like I got my first essay sponsor and I I, I wrote three books for a for a fourth step, um, left them in a Manila envelope covered with ducting tape, in a hotel for this guy to show up and. Uh, when he got when he got there, he, he he get this, and then he got in contact with me. He says, "Brendan, this is crazy. I'm only going to be here for three days, and I'm here to work. No way I can look at all this and read all this stuff. You know, and there again, it was my obsession. I thought if I did this enough, and I got enough of it out there, then my higher power is going to take away all my defects of character, and then I'm going to be back with her, yeah, the woman that I had." You know, I was going to be back with her. So I was going to use the program to get to where I wanted to be. And then I was going to be back with her. And with her, I would be having all, all the intimacy that I wanted and, and acting out the way I wanted, but just with her. Huh? And that was, oh man, that was a long time ago. Um, it was that was, you know, that was 16 years ago or so. And um and uh, and, and and I'm not back with her. And I'm now, you know, in I'm I'm now over twelve years sober, and I'm not married, you no. Know? And I was the sort of person who couldn't stay in one single night. I always had to go out, and I always had to be with somebody. You know, I mean, I had to have it, it was it was being with somebody else, I and mean, it was just being um, on acting out with myself was not like sort of that was just sort of something to stop me going mad on a particular night. But it wasn't something that wasn't fulfilling, and so I. uh So, you know, so, so in all areas of my life, it was, it it, it was a disaster. And and I was trying sober. I'm trying to, to win this relationship back and it's not happening. And I'm dying inside. I'm dying inside. I can't understand it. What do I have to do? I do this. I change that. I become this. I become that, you know, if I did, ah, man. And I tried and I tried and I tried for years and I was dying and, I remember saying to my sponsor, I said, okay, I've had it. I've had it like, and, and I'd had a, a son with this, with this, with this woman. And, and, uh, and he said to me, Oh, you know, he said, you know, stay com- committed to the relationship. And I said, but she, there isn't a relationship. She's not there. And he said, sort he of said, he said, you stand and wait. Your job is to stand and wait, you know, um, and stay committed. He said, you know, I had, also been married prior to that and i had a a a, a daughter with with my my wife so i now had two families minutes great that's great i had two families and a child in each and he said to me he said like you know you don't need to start any more families you know me i would always had the ambition of having a sort of a cosmopolitan family i thought like i'll have sort of you know children from all different races and sort of like you know sort of be all it'll be a sort of really interesting sort of thing but um he said to me you have enough families now you know And um, he said to me something that, you know, it was was scandalous. He said to me, he said, said you know, Brendan, he says, you've got three options, yeah? You could marry either of the mothers of your children. You could stay celibate for the rest of your life. Or you could look for a new sponsor. And uh, I thought, man, that doesn't sound like sort of, you know, you know, suggestion. That sounds like, that sounds like an instruction and and i I was freaked out i was freaked out and i rang this guy with really long-term sobriety that i had met before and i said to him i said did you hear this thing like you see this is between a rock and a hard place it's like i would love to be back with the mother of my son the mother of my daughter is already remarried and quite happy in that so i've got one option here and and she's not responding to me so like that seems to leave me with the only other option, which is celibacy forever. You know, when my first sponsor said to me he'd been celibate for three years at one time when I was like in, you know, the first few months, I looked at him and I thought, God, that's impossible. That must be hell. And that is not what's going to be my case, mate. No way. I'm doing this six months. She's going to be back with me. We're going to be having a great time. You obviously did something wrong. You know what I mean? I, you know, you just didn't take it committed enough. And This is what's happening for me, you know. Now I'm sober over twelve years um, by the definition of SA, which means you know th- how can that be? How can it possibly be that I can be that? And I'm I'm really 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 happy with my life, and my life is just you know, transformed. What happened was I had to learn that my emotional sobriety was dependent upon me becoming comfortable being who I am, accepting who you are, and accepting the world the way it is. Now, I do work, part, in, in many ways, I do work around, you know, changing the world, you know, I hope in, in a better way. That's what I like to think I do. But I accept that I have no capacity to change it. I have only capacity like to take my actions in a particular way, which I believe, you know, may be beneficial. And then I have to, but I have to accept the world the way it is because that's reality. If I don't accept who I am, if I don't accept the job I happen to have at this moment in time, I might want to get a better job. I may want to change. I may have an idea that I'd like to live in another country. I may have ideas as much as I like, but if I say I shouldn't be in this job, I shouldn't be in this, marriage i shouldn't be in this this is i shouldn't i shouldn't i shouldn't i'm saying god's got it wrong and if i'm saying god's got it wrong i'm not going to be comfortable with myself and so i worked on this and i heard a tape by a fellow called tom brady jr and um, by the way if you want material on emotional sobriety send me i leave my email send me an email and i will send you this because i've worked on this for years and i've listened to a lot of stuff on it and the two things that i learned was Bill W. from AA wrote an article called Emotional Sobriety, The Next Frontier, when he was 20 years sober and he was about to go into depression again. And he he realized through work that he did that he was completely dependent on the circumstances of his life and what people were saying about him or to him or making to make him feel good about himself. And that was he was completely dependent and he had to root out that dependence. Because when he didn't get the recognition that he felt he needed to be able to feel alive, uh, and I would used to get that from whatever, from from the woman in my life, if he didn't feel that, then he would feel like he was dying. He would be in depression. And so I prayed. I learned to pray to God to take away my need for the woman that 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 I was obsessed with or any woman to make me feel good about myself. And when I did that, I understood the meaning of the 11th step prayer. God grant that I might seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood and to love than to be loved. Because if I can get that, I will be free. If I'm thinking about what I can give instead of what can I get? If love is an action instead of like sort of, you know, well, I gave 50%, she's got to give 50%. Ain't happening, ain't happening, you know? I can give all the what I want. My sponsor said to me. I said, "But this is so painful, it's so painful." And he says, "Yes, she's doing her job perfectly." And I said, "What do you mean?" He said she's going I'm- to teach. You, that she's going to teach you unconditional love. Uh, I don't know if I've learned unconditional love, but I have learned to love me as I am, with all my idiosyncrasies. Uh, and. Some of the time, I can love all of you as you are, with all of yours. Huh? And I definitely love the world that it is. And I am totally in love with my higher power. Anyway, thanks for letting me share. Thanks,
3: Brendan. Thanks, Brendan.
4: Thank you, Brendan. Thank you.
1: Um, just a, a quick sort of... Uh, announcement to the recent arrivals. Um, you don't have to introduce yourself, but this meeting is uh, recorded. Well, actually, please if you could, if you haven't already, please introduce yourself in the chat. Um, but this meeting is being recorded. So if you would not like to be uh, recorded, you may send your questions or shares uh, either on the chat or private message me uh, on the chat as well. And I will be happy to read them out for you. Um, so before we start, I'll read the preamble here. In participation, we avoid topics that can lead to dissension or distraction. We also avoid explicit sexual descriptions and sexually abusive language. The emphasis is on honesty, recovery and healing, how to apply the 12 steps and traditions in our daily lives. No crosstalk, please. If someone feels another is getting too explicit, they may so signify by quietly raising their hand. Okay, so now uh, the floor is open. The meeting is open for shares and questions.
5: Hey, Brendan. um, I'm Josh. I'm a sexaholic. Thank you very much for sharing. Um, I have one question, um, which is with regards to early sobriety, it must have been really challenging to have ADHD in the way that you do and stay committed or find that stability that sobriety is found in, I guess. Or or, um, for me, I find that if my life's a little bit unstable, then I relapsed and I can't stay with the program. Um, and I just wondered how you managed that. You said it's about self acceptance, I guess, when things aren't going. Um, well, for me, it's when things aren't going my way that I, I relapse, I guess. And when I don't have that stability, I, I look at myself and blame myself, but how, yeah. how did you how do you manage your unmanageable life and sobriety did it get easier as time went on and was it more challenging at the beginning I guess thank you
2: thanks thanks Josh yeah it was it was really challenging at the beginning it just seemed impossible I mean yeah you know and I was three years around they say I'd say before I got um you know before I got to to sobriety. I you know I had periods of it, whatever, but I consistently lose it for one thing or another. Um and you know Tarve sort of says like that if you if you're losing your sobriety says you didn't have it. Uh, what 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 did it for me was I at five months sober, I um I, I was I was I was feeling terrible self pity. And uh, I, I, you know, I was white knuckling for days and days. And I think I go to the club. I go to the club. And, ah, you know, And then I wouldn't go. And I say, well, no, no. I don't know, and I'd go tomorrow. You know. And it was white knuckling for days. And I was flicking through screens trying to find a football match or something at like four o'clock in the morning. You know, sort of this thing. Whatever. And 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 I didn't find football, but I found a game going on. And and I, you know, and it was you know, sort of porn. And sort of, I, I went off it. And I came back to it. And and I just touched myself and then stopped you know i literally just touched myself and stopped immediately and the following day i told my sponsor and he said well he said he what he would do he didn't tell me i had to do it he said he would reset his sobriety days and i thought oh you're joking i should have gone out for a few days and then called him you know i should have just like gone you know, really sort of had a whale of a time oh, and then i just touched myself insane you know so there's somebody mm-hmm. there george um, and I uh, and then I realized that it wasn't the acting out which was the issue. I had lost my sobriety long before that when I entertained lust. And, and it wasn't the lust which is the problem. And we've got to remember that my, my problem is not lust. My problem is not acting out. If that was the problem, all I had to do is stop doing that and everything would be okay. My problem is selfishness, self-centeredness. That's the root of my problem. I'm driven by a hundred forms of fear, self-delusion, self-seeking and self-pity. And as a result of those, I step on people's toes and they retaliate. And so my problems are of my own making. I make the problems. I make the fact that I feel uncomfortable, uh, you know, that like sort of my job isn't going to work or this, that, and the other, because I'm damned, I'm insistent on doing things my way. Huh? And then what I do is I go to my drug when things are going bad and people are reacting badly to me and sort of this thing, whatever, and I'm feeling I'm a failure. This, and so I go to my drug. That's what I do. You know, my drug is the medicine for me, but my problem is my selfishness and self-centeredness. And what will free me from the selfishness and self-centeredness is working the program. So, I, I'm an obsessive type of guy, and when I got this sponsor from Hell that I had, I used to tell people like, like what what he's telling me to do." And he's, he wasn't interested in how I felt. He wasn't interested about how much clothes people had on. What he was interested in was was I doing the program? Because if I was doing the program, I was going to stay sober, you know. You know? So I had to become obsessive with this, and I had to have—I had to set for me. The, the self pity took me to the lust. You know, where's my relationship? And then I was acting out. So I had to look back. Where was the self-pity coming from? And I started my self-pity with romantic fantasy because I started thinking I want to have the relationship because then everything will be all right. But then now I don't have the relationship. So now I'm in self-pity. So now what I've done is I've opened up the door to self-pity. Self-pity takes me to paint pain of so much pain that I have to act out.
6: Hi thank you um for covering name um thank you for your share um I feel like you were sharing about my life because I also do have ADHD a terrible terrible one and um I'm on medication actually and for me I also really struggle with uh, accepting myself, I think I, I really, really hate myself. And, you know, there's always this kind of hole in me. And this week, I I, I relapsed emotionally and also I relapsed physically. And it's been very terrible. You know, I'm just so, so about for some few hours. And it's, it's funny because when I was listening to you, I, I, see, I, um mentioned Tom Brady, it just got me. I, I almost had goosebumps because yesterday I was listening to him he was talking about acceptance, and he was talking about um, emotional sobriety. So I was like, "Wow, is Brandon like an angel or something?" You know. And I'm also in school. I'm studying to be a researcher, but it's hard for me because I can't concentrate sometimes, and I I always act out, and it's like I, I always have so much work to do, and I'm not able to do because I've been acting out. You know. So I I really want to um, ask you that. So, were you did, did did you eventually become a researcher? And I also want to ask you um, how you did it, and whether you, and also ask you what your thoughts on medication is. You know, because sometimes I feel like I need it, and other times too, I feel like I don't really need this. You know, so I just want you to share what your thoughts on on that.
2: Okay. Thank you. What what I'm going to do is, uh, uh, you know, if about the medication, um, uh, I'm, what I'm going to say is if you want to contact me off uh, after the meeting, I'm very happy to, to tell you what is it, this thing. I'm not advising anybody on this, but generally, but I can what I can say is this is, I was 13 years on medication for um, ADHD. And if I hadn't been, I'd never have got through this period of studies. I don't think I would have. Later on, they actually worked at, somebody said, you know, they, they re-diagnosed me as having sort of anxiety and they put me on medication for anxiety. And a year ago I came off the ADHD medicine, you know, and now, <laughs> now I can't go to sleep. I often like sort of stay up all night, like sort of, you know, I did the diet before last, and I sort of do this you know, and I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? I'm like sort of, um, and I've just renegotiated a job. I now work on an island, <laughs> Uh, as a development officer on an island. And like, I've I just renegotiated my job and said to them, look, you know, they want me to stay on. I said, look, okay, I'd stay on. i do this. But as long as you recognize I'm going to be working flexible hours and, um, and I'll be doing various sort of things. So, so judge me on what I produce, not on whether I'm sitting in the office at a particular time to a particular time, because it ain't going to happen. And my higher power doesn't need me to conform to some other sort of thing. My higher power has provided me because with ADHD, I can see like ADHD was described to me by a person long term sobriety says so like watching 20 TVs at the same time. Basically, it's like being on a Zoom meeting all your life and you got all this sort of stuff going on and you got all these bits and pieces going on. I can handle that. That's cool. I can handle that. Yeah. But you know, I go into one of the boxes, I completely forget about the box that I was in prior to that. So now I'm into another little sort of thing. And when I come out of that and step into the next one, I'm going to forget that one. You know, it was so I <laughs> when I really had something important to do, what I had to do is actually lock myself in the house, because if I went out for a walk in the morning, God knows when I would come back, you know, I mean, everything I do would be really important, but, you know, I couldn't. So I would lock myself in, in the house and, and and sort of do that. But what was really, really important for me to learn was the the, the part of step three, there's a a part in there and it's my favorite part of the book. It says, we have a new employer being all powerful. He gives me what I need if I stay close to him and do his work well. And I translated that for myself as, am I working the program? Because if I'm working the program, then that's my responsibility is, as somebody says, I do God's work and he does mine. And at times I could go for two months, not read a line or write a line. And then I go, oh, hell, like, what am I going to do? Like, I mean, you know, uh, you know I, want to, so this, I want to use this quotation by Aristotle, but I've never read Aristotle. I, mean, certainly I take it from somebody else. And if I don't, so if I don't read this in the original, you know, people will find out that I'm a fake. And I turned, turned around eventually when I was very close to the end of this thing and I had a thesis to finish. And I said to myself, wait a minute. If God needs me to get this, I'll get it. And if he doesn't need me to get it, then it would just be, you know, it's not really going to be any particular benefit or this, that, and the other. So, and I was worried about what will my parents say? And what will my sponsor say? And what will my children say that I've spent four years working on this? And if I don't find this out, and I had to sort of say, well, it doesn't matter. You know, I, my job is to stay close to my higher power. His job is to do the rest. And so, emotional sobriety is about turning your life over to your higher power and then saying okay if you're okay with it i'm okay with it so i am not an academic now yeah um i'm not in academia i thought i have to be you know i did all that work and i spent four years in an academic environment and then i ended up you know um on this island uh you know and i am the happiest i've ever been in my life and i feel more at home with the place than, than ever so you know if you want to be happy huh, stop hanging on to the need to be any particular way or place or person to 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 think that that's going to give you the achievement it's not what gives it is like the acceptance of today as it is and where you are today that's what it is being happy in this moment to be on this meeting and not thinking about what's coming next or what went before or what's supposed to be online you know that's you know best thing that's happened to me today it was to get up and to, to get on this meeting and so i was just when i saw all the paces coming up and wow like I me mean, you know great
1: thank you uh jason you're next
3: hey brendan um jason here palace over last um yeah really great to hear you share it was a real hit mate jolly good show um my question is, um, it's a bit of a comment and a question, but I have a, a real difficulty um, ringing my my sponsor on time, you know, set time, you know, but, but I'm able to do it sometimes, but I get in a real anxiety attack about it and uh, I missed one and he was cranky and then I rang him half an hour late the last time and it was real cranky. and It's not like something that I do on purpose. It's just I get overwhelmed with, you know, the time that I'm supposed to ring, And then, you know, it just creates all this craziness. But um, the other part of it is I'm studying at uni and it's really difficult because I'm like you. I go into one rabbit hole and then I come out of that one and then I go to another one. Um, I just can't concentrate. I've never been able to concentrate. Um, I do five things at one time, and I don't really get the gist of anything. So I'm not sure what the question is, but um, I don't know how to manage it. Thanks. Breathe.
2: (laughs) Stop it with that breathing crap. I, 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 as soon as as soon as jason started there i said i know the answer here i was going to am it's like you know if if i'm going to accept myself as i am then i have to accept myself as i am you know i i i would i always leave i always forget something i just left my house down the country and came up here to my father's place and i had a big bag full of food all prepared and this that and the other i walked out and left that big bag sitting there you know and, and, and when I was in the car, I was thinking, I wonder what I left behind. Couldn't think of it. Drove off, got up here and realized, oh, yeah, there was something. I should have got in and got back again. I should have gone in again because I always leave something behind. And I can remember what it is and drive back to get it, go into the house, find something else I forgot, pick up that, go back out, get in the car, and gone and forget the other things. That's just the way it is. And I used to get annoyed with it being like that. You know, now I have to sort of take the actions to try to help myself. So I would put multiple alarms on my phone to tell me what time I've got to ring my sponsor. And one of those alarms should be at most a minute before. Actually, I now put alarms on at the exact time I'm supposed to be at any particular event. Another one 10 minutes before it and another one an hour or a day before that. Uh, And and if I'm invited to be on a thing like this, I ask somebody to ring me to remind me Um, because even if I put things in diaries and whatever, I can still miss it. And, and I do miss things. I missed a meeting with a government department the other day. <laughs> I got the time and this sort of thing. And, you know, when I say to myself, my higher power probably thought it was better that I didn't go there. Yeah? Because, like, I was going to be there and the other people were there and I was, going to, I was going to bitch about something. So, like, you know, higher power just decided I didn't need to be there. That's cool. You know? My higher power has got it all under control. And he needs me to be, he gave me exactly as much power as I need today to do. And whatever I did today was what he had planned. And any more of that was just like, it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Today, everyone, I mean, everybody is exactly as they're supposed to be right now. Now, it's only up to yourself to sort of start saying, okay, I'm, I'm supposed to be like this today, but I hope I might be a bit different tomorrow. Okay, take some action. But tomorrow, when you get there and you find yourself as you are, you say, OK, well, this is who I'm supposed to be today. Uh, so you accept that instead of spend a lot less time complaining about who you are and where you are and being pissed off with yourself, you know, the better it's going to be. Tom Brady sort of says that self-hate is the opposite side of pride and it's more insidious. Because when I'm hating myself and when I won't forgive myself and when I'm saying I should be different and I'm like sort of coming down on myself, then I'm not accepting the forgiveness and the love of God and, you know, uh, of my fellows. And so, you know, it's like I'm so bad I can never be forgiven. And that means I'm, I, I end up like so focused on myself that I can't be much used to anybody else.
1: Thanks, Brendan. Um, I have a question. I think I will take the last one. <laughs> Abraham's Exaholic. Um, yeah, I've ne- thanks for your share. I, I think I've never enjoyed being more human than, than you know, being in this, you know, just the fact that I'm human, right? Like it's, it's, it's there's so much, um, yeah, so honesty and and um, joy in your share. Uh, so the question I had, you know, you mentioned about self-pity and lust between that journey, right? Like what do you do, you know, when you find yourself in that space and how do you know that, what you've done is enough uh, to, to stop you from getting to the point of lust.
2: Well, you know, there's, there's I, like, lust can come upon me in in a second. Like, we're walking down the street, and some woman, it's something about her, and it's just a secondary thing, and bang, I can be gone off in lust. And, like, just my, my head is gone, obsessed about her or what's going on in this thing. And I'm, bang, I've got to get to a meeting. I've, but from, from, that meeting is going to be too far away. I've got to get on the phone. and do all these sort of things. You know, and I have to just remember that I am a sexaholic. But how do I stay away from putting myself in the situations where that's likely to occur? Well, first of all, I decided I had to have zero tolerance towards romantic fantasy. And I had to give up the expectation that by doing this program, I was going to end up in the relationship where I was going to be having the sex, which is going to sort of give me fulfillment. Because there is a possibility that I will be celibate forever. So I had to be able to accept that like sort of I'm I don't get to say whether I'm going to be in a relationship or not. It's not because I do things in a particular way that they're going to come out in a particular way. All I can get is do have I surrendered to my higher power whatever my life is going to be. Now you said that to me with two days sobriety and I go, you're out of your tree. I'm going to do this for six months and I'm going to be sober and I'm going to be with her or him or whatever sort of it. Is. I'm going to do this and it will be all right. you know, Because I've got it planned what's needed for me to be okay. So I have to actually surrender my idea of what's okay. And so I had to give up on the expectation of the relationship. And then I had to give up a year later. I started talking about giving up the hope because when I'm hoping and I'm saying, oh, I'm really hoping it's going to happen. It's sort of like, I'm sort of saying, I won't be happy until it does. So now I'm putting off the possibility of being that, and then I had to give up the, the the desire for the relationship. It's like you know, if it's in God's plan, okay, and if it's not in God's plan, okay. It's like you know, I would desire to be, uh, you know, I man, I would really like to get a Nobel Prize. You know what I mean? And I sort of think of it, you know, I've always thought like Nobel Prize, give me a Nobel Prize, and I'll be really happy with life. You know what I mean? And as somebody said to me, Brendan, you don't do anything to get Nobel prizes for. You know? And I mean? said, so, so, so just gonna, I had to give up. That. And then finally, I had to give up the um, the 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 need the need to be in some other situation because I thought that other people wouldn't really respect me or recognize me or whatever or things until I had that. Whether it's the job or this that and the other, and so the need to be anywhere or in anything or different in any way from what I am, so that other people accept me, I have to give that one up. And the last one I had to give up was the anger. You know, I had to give up the anger at God for not giving me because of all I'm doing. And recognize that the truth of the matter is I'm really, really, I I get on really well with myself. And like sort of I live on my own. And, you know, I'll finish on this. I sort of of said like the one thing about living with yourself, if if there's a towel on the floor, there are options. Give
1: me a piece. Hey, thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks. Brendan. That was great. Um, But don't leave your towel on the floor. Um, Yeah, that's all the time we have uh, for shares today. We will have a parking lot, so folks are more than welcome to uh, stay on. And and, uh, depending on if Brendan has time, but uh, the parking lot will be open. Uh, So now it's time for our yeah. yeah. It's time for our seventh tradition. While we pass the basket. Do we have any announcement from the secretary? So we do have a a PayPal account, which is in the chat. Um, Yeah. Any announcement from Titus?
4: Hi, everyone. uh, Titus Sexaholic. Uh, First of all, I want to thank you so much, Brendan, for coming. I'm I'm really glad I'm here today, and I don't think I'm the only one. So uh, thank you so much. Now, for those who are new to Bozos on the Bus, we meet every day at the same time. Uh, Every Friday, we have different speakers coming along. And on Tuesdays, we read uh, from 12 and 12. On normal other days, we read from white books. So uh, welcome to come back. Thanks.
1: Thanks, Titus. We have no use of fees, but we are self-supporting through our own contributions. Um, could someone read the 12 promises, please? Oh, uh, no, the 12 uh, traditions, sorry.
4: I can do this. Oh,
1: wrong, wrong page. 12 promises.
4: I can find the book if you... Ah, okay. Thank you. Thank you, Abraham. The 12 traditions of sexaholics anonymous. For common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on Say unity. Second, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, loving God as he may express himself in a group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not cover. Three, the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop lusting and become sexually sober. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or sexaholics anonymous as a whole. Five, each group has that one primary purpose, to carry its message to the sexaholic who still suffers. Six, an essay group will never endorse, finance, or lend the essay name to any related facility or identity As problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven. Every essay group ought uh, to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight. colleagues uh, Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but the service centers may employ special workers. Nine. Uh, essay as such should never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten. Uh, Sexaholics Anonymous as that one primary has no opinion on outside issues. Uh, Hence, the same name would never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, and TV. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Sam. 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 Um, Closing statement. Anything you have heard at this meeting is strictly the opinion of the individual participant. The principles of an essay are found in our 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. This is an enormous program. Please keep the name, address, and phone number of anyone you meet or learn about an essay to yourself. And what we say here, let it stay here.
2: Here, here, <laughs> here, here. We never hear,
1: hear. identify ourselves publicly with essay in the press, radio, TV, or films, n- neither does anyone speak for SA. essay. Could someone read a vision for you?
2: I therapist. can do that. Okay,
1: right.
4: A vision for you will realize you know only a little. God will counsel and disclose more to you than uh, ask me morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. You're free of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us trudge the road of happy destiny.
1: May God bless you and keep you. Until then. Until then. After a moment of silent meditation, I'd like to ask Brendan uh, to lead us out in the program prayer of your choice. Uh,
4: Brendan, you're muted.
2: Yeah, apologies there. Um, yeah, so I was going to say I, I like the eleven step prayer, um, you know, which I believe is a prayer for freedom. Um, and so, if I lead it out, if you'd like to follow me, Lord, make me a channel of Thy peace. Lord, make me a channel of Thy peace. Where there is uh, hatred, hatred. Sorry. where the, sorry, okay, no, sorry. But where there is hatred, I might bring love. Where there where is hatred, I might bring love. Where there is wrong, I might bring forgiveness.
0: Where there is wrong, I might bring
2: forgiveness. Where there's discontent, I might bring peace.
3: Where there's, where there's is discontent, I might bring peace.
2: Where there is error, I might bring truth. Error. Where there's error, there, there I might bring truth. Where there's doubt, I might bring faith. Where, there's where, there's ball, no, where there is despair I might bring hope
0: Where there is I, there's despair, there's despair, despair I might, oh, bring, I might I bring
2: hope, hope. Uh, Where God. there are dark shadows that I might bring light Where, where, bring where there are dark shadows, shadows that I might bring light. light Where there is sorrow that I might bring joy Where there is sorrow that I might bring joy God grant that I might seek uh, praying praying that I'm 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 to rather to comfort than to be comforted. To understand than to be understood. To love than to be loved. To love, love, uh, love uh, Because love. love. be, love. it is through self-forgetting that one finds. So because it's it is through
3: it is is forgetting again. the one is but getting the one
2: point. It's through forgiving that one is forgiven.
0: It's through forgiving that one is
2: forgiven. It's it through dying that one is brought to eternal life. It's through dying that one is brought to eternal life. Amen.
1: Amen. Keep coming back. Keep coming back, keep coming, coming back,
4: working, we'll working. We'll keep working. We'll 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 work
3: work thank you, Brendan.
4: Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you, Brenda. Thank, thank, thank
3: you guys. You're going to Brenda. Just a
0: I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of the Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members.